Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light, now in the time of this mortal life, in which your Son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the living and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal. Through him who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. No one has seen a God like you who works for those who wait for you. Thank you for your kindness, O God your mercy, your gentleness, your unchanging nature. We rely on you and we wait for you. We pray that that longing and that ache and that waiting would be transformed to hope by your grace. Pray all this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome again on this, the first Sunday of Advent. It's a new season. Many of you are coming off that Thanksgiving hangover, if you will, and Thanksgiving is different now this year, is it not? So different. Uh, Some of you may have traveled. Some of you may have been alone or just with a small group of people. Uh, But time for the church doesn't change. We continue as we follow the liturgical calendar, as we mark those moments of Christ's life and we order and shape our lives around that calendar. And and you've heard Chris and I say it often, and we'll continue to say it, that the church does not pass through time so much as time passes through the church. Think about that for just a moment. As we gather around the cross, you see up in the sky behind me, that's uh, the image of Christ, if you will, who is the end or the purpose or the reason for all things. And as St. Paul writes, that it's in Christ that all things consist. And so that's the reason that time passes through the church rather than the church passing through time, because we are the body of Christ. We don't lord it over people, as Jesus said the Gentiles do so well, but we humbly abide in this space as Jesus' body. And as time passes through us, it's refracted through the lens of Christ, who is the end of all things. St. Irenaeus said long, long, long ago, if this is my timeline, long, long, long ago, that Christ is the recapitulation of all things, that he is the the being and the one in whom all things are will be brought together in the end. And Advent can be confusing to us, can it not? Because we've just come off of Thanksgiving, and it's been Black Friday and Purple Saturday, and then Cyber Monday's tomorrow. I don't know what today is. And we're thinking what? We're thinking Christmas, especially, oh God, we need Christmas this year. I was telling the staff a few weeks ago in staff meeting, listen, COVID can do a lot of things, but it's not messing with my Christmas. It's not going to mess with that. So we have Christmas approaching, but we look to the end. And it's easy to think of time in a linear fashion, but if you can think of time as being summed up, not in a date or no one knows the day or the hour kind of moment, but as time being summed up in a person. 
Just as we think about Holy Scripture, we find the meaning of Scripture not in unlocking the sacred text and through some sort of perfect hermeneutic formula, but rather we find the meaning of Scripture in the person of Christ. So we find the meaning and the fulfillment and, yes, the consummation of all time in the person of Christ. And it's his advent that we are looking for. We're both looking for and celebrating his first coming in which he came to visit us in great humility, and we're looking for and watching for his second coming when he will come in his glorious majesty to judge both the living and the dead. So turn to page 7 in your bulletin. I want to draw your attention to a collect that hopefully, if you've been around St. Bart's for a minute, which is a new way to say a while. Did you know that? Some of you young people are... No, you you don't say a minute? A minute means a long time, I'm told, by people who know such things. So if you've been around St. Bart's for a minute, you've heard this collect. It's on page 7 of your bulletin. Remember, the collect of the day is just the main prayer for the day. And oftentimes, especially in these proper seasons of the church year, the collect will gather together. It will collect the themes of the day. Not only that, but it collects all of our prayers into this one prayer spoken by whichever priest is celebrating or presiding. Now, here's what I want you to do. When we're done with church tonight, don't recycle your bulletin. I want you to take it home, and I want you, if I'm going I'm to invite you into something, and don't hear me make you do this or giving you church weight, church pressure, but I would love for you to think about pray about, consider memorizing this prayer. Of all the collects in the season of Advent, this one encapsulates the whole season. So much so, in fact, that I am going to preach on it. And in Perd Happily style, I'm going to preach on it now. So look at that collect and notice what it starts with. The address to Almighty God the God of the universe, the one who before time began, the uncreated one who spoke all things into existence. When we pray this prayer and ask these things, we're not crying out to some local deity who has some sway with some people who who can maybe make it rain or maybe make the sun stop shining, but the one from whom all things proceed, indeed, the one in whom all things consist. Almighty God. And the first petition is what? Give us grace. I would like grace to have this microphone stay on my ear. And what is grace? We've all been taught, maybe like at youth camp or in Bible study, great, you know, God's riches at Christ's expense, unmerited, God's unmerited favor, God's kindness. And yes, it's all those things. But grace, I wonder if we could consider it in another way. You see, the church fathers, they talked about grace as if it were God's energies. So not separate from his being, but also not his essence. Because remember what God told Moses. Moses said, hey, let me see your glory. And God said, no one can see my glory and live. So we can't participate in God's 
essence, but his energy, the church father says, yes, we can know him. He can reveal himself to us. In fact, one priest said that grace is the natural overflowing of God's life and love. So think of the Holy Trinity as this community of life and love, of relationship, a unity and a trinity. Grace is the outward movement of God's one being that manifests his uncreated eternal deity and power. So when you say, God, give us grace, you're saying, triune God, to whom I have no right to approach, give me grace. Pour out your love and your kindness. Let this activity of the Trinity be shed upon me that I can know you. Friends, when it all comes down to it, all of what we're doing is all about knowing God. Not knowing about God. It's important to know about God. Before I met Amy, I knew a lot of things about her. But I really wanted to get to know her. I wanted to understand what makes her tick. I really wanted to know what would make her laugh. Because I thought, if I could just make her laugh, then I got a chance. God wants to know us, and he wants us to know him. His grace is the means by which we can know him. Just not, not just know about him, but know him. But why are we asking the God of the universe for grace? What is it that we want in Advent? What is it that we want in this season of waiting and hope and longing and ache? We want grace to look, look at the words there, to cast away the works of darkness. Now think about that for a minute. We need grace to do something. Oftentimes when we think of prayer, when we think of grace, we want to change the way we think. We want to change, you know, fix our head or the way we feel. But this prayer says, God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness. And we think about that baptismal liturgy that we just participated in a few weeks ago on All Saints Day to cast away the works of darkness. There's a movement here. We're putting off the things that would bring us into darkness. The things that are opposite of God. The things that Paul writes in Romans 6 and 7. These things that we do not want to do, but we still do them because we're still in this tension of slavery that we've given ourselves over to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life, St. John the theologian writes in his first epistle. So we want to have grace from God just to cast away the works of darkness. Now think about what's happening outside right now. It's getting dark. Do you love that, West Texas? It's getting dark. It's fix the sun's fixing to go down. So it's getting dark outside. And in fact, this part of the year, the days grow shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter, all the way up until right around Christmas time. So we're going to be in a, in a growing darkness in this season. And much like the world, as the world gets here, quick, quick show of hands, or just maybe mental poll. Is it getting better in the world, or is it getting worse? Of course, a lot of things are getting better. You know, science and technology, thanks be to God, we almost have a, a vaccine ready to roll out. There's so many amazing things. But there's also 
so much sign that shows that we as humans prefer and love darkness rather than light. So we need the grace of God to help us cast away the works of darkness and to put on, to get that, cast away, man, we're not just setting it aside, the works of darkness, these things that we have to do whose labor gives us nothing, whose labor depletes us and steals from us and takes from us. It feels like toil. It's a, it's, it's a work of darkness. We want to cast that away with all of our energy to renounce them and to put on the armor of light. If, if the movement of baptism is putting off and putting on, this is the second part. We're casting away darkness and we're putting on the armor of light, that armor which is a gift of God who is uncreated light. Have you ever thought about that? That God is uncreated light. We have light in here, lots of light bulbs. It's beautiful. We have candles. Remember the, the light of the Advent wreath will grow as the season goes to combat the darkness until we light them all up on Christmas Eve right here. Our little candle lighting. I'm, we'll figure out a safe COVID way to do that. But God is uncreated light. He is the one that gives us the armor of light. And I want you to pay attention right here, friends, that we're casting off, we're casting away, and we're putting on. And it's, it's hard for us to perhaps to remember that, yes, while we are saved by grace through faith in Christ our Lord, that very statement that St. Paul wrote implies that there is an action, that there is an outpouring, that there is an outflow. In fact, St. James, the half-brother of our Lord Jesus Christ, wrote in his epistle, if your faith does not produce works, then it is dead. So this prayer for Advent is a prayer for us to do what? It's to live out our salvation, doggone it. It's to be those who are watching. It's to be like the wise virgins who kept oil ready for their lamps. It's to be those who are looking and waiting for Christ, who are not being seduced by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life, but rather who are casting away the works of darkness and putting on the armor of light. And that armor will do what for us? It protects us. The more we engage in this light-bearing behavior, in these virtues, the more that we pray and fast and give away, the more our souls will be buttressed by what? The grace of God. Now in the time. It's not tomorrow, it's not the next day, but it is now in the time of this mortal life. And then I love how the prayer connects that we're going to die, we're dust, and to dust we shall return, now in the time of, of this mortal life, in which Jesus Christ, your Son, Almighty God, came to visit us in great humility. And so we have a little foreshadowing of the nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ, of his incarnation. And we're reminded that we're crying out to the one who lived on this earth just as we did. In fact, the prayer says that he lived in great 
humility. His ministry was in obscurity in a backwater region of Palestine called Galilee. He ministered there with nobodies and know-nothings. We say it like this at St. Bart's, in a, in a people, in a place that were overlooked and forgotten. That's where Christ did his ministry. But he will come again in glorious majesty, the prayer goes on to say. And if he came the first time in obscurity, in humility, was born in a cave, shown to shepherds, and seen by these foreign magi, these kings, when he comes again, it will be unmistakable. When he comes again, every eye will see him, every knee will bow. And what does the prayer say? It says what Scripture says, that when he comes again in his glorious majesty, he will judge both the living and the dead. We confess that every week in the creed, that when Christ returns, he will judge living and the dead. And this connects with the first part of our prayer. God, help us to cast away death, the darkness. Help us to put on light. Why? So that when you come again in your glorious majesty, we may rise to the life immortal. Friends, there will be a resurrection. Those uh, who are not in Christ to eternal death, damnation is what the psalm, one of the scriptures said. But to those who are in Christ, to those who cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light, that resurrection will be unto life immortal with God, where for eternity we participate in this union of divine love and grace and relationship of giving and receiving. That is what Advent is all about. We conclude the prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We pray through him, that's Christ, to you, O Father, through the Holy Spirit, who lives and reigns now and forever, one God. Amen. Friends, it all begins and ends with God, and in the middle, it is given to us today, now in the time of this mortal life, to beg God to help us to cast away the works of darkness, and now in this season of Advent, to put on the armor of light. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.